Your host, Katie Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals, providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Go to NewDaySolutions.com for more information. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hi, and welcome back. This is KT Thomas from KT's Money Matters, coming to you with all of your questions about how to grow money, how to manage money, how to make sure that you're keeping as much of it that you can that you're making. One of the things, you know, the Money Matters community talks a lot about is, you know, this idea of, you know, creating the right environment, how to balance your work life. And I always say, you know, I fundamentally, most of the really successful people I know, their life is a little bit, you know, it might be balanced, but it's not, it's not necessarily even. And I know that we all struggle to figure all of that out and think about how it is that we get the most out of what we're doing. And, and one of the things that I've really embraced lately is this idea of offloading things that are, that I'm not uniquely qualified for, right? So, you know, I run a busy, busy, you know, financial advisory practice. And, you know, any of you know, we've, just written the book, The Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money. And one of the things I talk a lot of in the book is this idea about how many of us were raised in this generation where we were, and I'm dating myself here, but there used to be this hair commercial where they talked about how you went out and made the bacon and then you fried it up in a pan and you did everything you could to take care of your man. And so this whole idea about that you had to be everything to everyone and that you had to run really hard and you had to try to be successful on every single front in your life all the time. And then what what a trap that can be, especially for women. But I would argue for all hardworking, especially family people today, just trying to figure that out. So I went looking for somebody that had, you know, a little bit of a niche. First of all, you know, it's always great to find another hardworking woman. And so I went looking for a hardworking person, but obviously when I found a hardworking woman, I was just as happy as I could be (laughs) that uh, Julianne Sullivan was going to join us today. Julianne runs a business where she runs coaching and leadership. And she also does inspired conversations, this idea about have a life and have a balance. So I thought, how great would that be? So I've asked Julianne to join us today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. How do you have a life and a business? You need groceries. You need to pay your virtual assistant and you want a massage. Decisions, decisions. How to make the right choice. I don't know, pick them all, right, Julianne? So Julianne has been making decisions for herself and others for decades. She has a very interesting background. She's got an MBA in psychology, I'm sorry, a BA in psychology, an MBA in accounting, and began her career as a CPA and thought, we're going to have to talk about this because my money matters out. It's so going to want to know. Went to college for one thing and then said, this is just insane. And now she does, she's a business culture expert. So she works with people to understand the inner battles and the outer payoffs and help us figure out what kind of tricks she might have up her sleeve. Julian, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I like that inner battles and outcomes. That's good. Yeah. So I have to ask, 
<laughs> As everyone does. That's right. So we go to accounting school, you know, being a girl that's a finance and economics girl, we all know we're a certain kind of people. And then you get into the CPA business and you go, this is not the joy I hoped it would be. Tell me how you came about making a change. Uh, well, let's start at the very beginning where I did my undergraduate degree in psychology and became a lifelong learner about human behavior well before I got into accounting. I actually was living in a ski resort. I had really had no skills. I mean, it's <laughs> nice to have. <laughs> I knew, understood people, but you know, I had no skills. And I one of the many jobs I had up there was a bookkeeper and it was fun. I thought it was like a puzzle. So I came off the mountain, as my mother would have said, and I went to get my MBA in accounting and it was still kind of fun. It was hard, yeah, but it was fun. And then I actually went into tax. I, I was a tax person for like 13 years. Which is not fun. Yeah. But yeah. you know, when you work 40 hours a week, you think you're on vacation. Yeah after tax season. That's so right. anyway, and then I've had a lot of different kinds of positions in accounting when I had my CPA. So I won't go through that long list. But what happened was I decided one day that I didn't want to learn one more useful idea, fact, process, law about accounting or anything that had anything to do with it. And when I had that revelation, I realized I'm going to have to quit. Because I don't care what you do, you have to keep learning. If you're going to be successful, you have to keep learning. And if you can't stand your topic, it's kind of a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. So I was working with a very good friend of mine at the time. And I sat him down and said, it's April. I'm out of here by September. I, I just can't do this anymore. And I really wasn't sure about what I wanted to do. But I had always given presentations on the topic of accounting. Mm -hmm. and. I had done some teaching and I was looking through my file cabinet. If you don't know what that is, go Google it. Yeah, yeah um, no, I, I remember them. <laughs> I still have one. Anyway, and I had this folder, which I still have. It's called a fuzzy folder. And it was filled with nice things that people wrote to me about presentations I did. So I decided I'm going to become a professional speaker. I, I just kind of had that revelation and said it out loud, having no idea what I was talking about. But it ended up that my knowledge of human beings and human relationships and my business knowledge from the inside, how businesses work and how offices work, you know, the, the workplace, the community was a really unique coupling and very useful. And uh, I started out with communication, collaboration, and change. And that kind of moved into employee engagement, which is now morphed into the employee experience. And I put that together with a heavy communication background and came up with business culture. And then I'm a podcaster too, and created a service to do internal podcasts. So they all kind of form together. They all create a great workplace culture and those people and those businesses are the most successful. So there you go. There's my story and I'm sticking to it. Perfect. So if you're talking to, let's say a small business owner and they're running around, you know how it is. You know, I've had a small business for a long time. You're sometimes you're washing the dishes. Sometimes you're emptying the trash. Sometimes you're meeting your best clients and other times you're at Staples buying supplies. 
<laughs> and in the beginning, or walking right? the dog or walking the dog or all the things you have to do when you run your own business. And, you know, there, I have a lot of self-employed people that tap into the show mostly because they're trying to learn on the quick. Mm-hmm. And I, and I understand that because, you know, I was raised in that. So how do you help people establish what the hierarchy is? Or you, you talk a little bit about the hierarchy or the importance of what you're doing. So I was thinking about, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? How do you take that and then take that into the business? What should people be thinking about? Well, I think whether you're a solopreneur or a CEO of a large corporation, you always want to work on people's strengths, whether it's your own or the people you work with. You had mentioned before about understanding what you do well and what you don't. Right. I call it what I'm uniquely what I'm uniquely qualified in my business. I yeah, exactly. That. And I think for success to really flourish in our business or any business, we need to do that. So at the solopreneur level, I need to know what I do well and what I don't. I can write the book. I'm not going to do the layout of the book or the cover of the book. Right. So that's right. and I don't want to upload anything. I don't want to do any of that right? So when I do my podcasts, I don't want to do any of the production. I don't want to learn how to edit. Not interested. I'm sure I could, (laughs) but none of us have enough hours in the day. So where do you want to use your time? And for me, I kind of zen out as it is and kind of say, do I like doing this and am I good at it? Right, because there are things we could like, but we're not very good at it. Right, for sure. <laughs> right, so we need to recognize that. Then there's other things we just don't like. We shouldn't be doing that. Right. But sometimes we don't have other people do it because we don't want to go through the problems. And, you know, when you're trying to find the good fit, unless you happen to have a friend who has the perfect person to fit that slot, it does take some time. But it's worth it. And sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's not. And that's life, right? So so I think it's really important to do that. In a company where you actually have a workforce and not just yourself, then I think it's really important to recognize people's strengths, no matter what they've been hired into. So sometimes you get an employee, they're a really, really good employee, but they're not really good at the job they're in. That's not a time to say, hey, you're out of here. It might be a time to say, you know, are you happy doing this? And they may go, well, not not really. I love this company, but, you know, I'm in the sales. I I don't really, I'd love to do some marketing. Hey, you know what? We have an opening in marketing. (laughs) Right. I, I mean, we might, you might not. But if you do, have you ever been to a restaurant where the server, you just know they're going to make it in life? Right. Because yeah, absolutely. Have, right. You just you wish you had a job for them on the spot because they're a really good worker. And, and that, you know, physically and emotionally, they're a really good worker. You can spot that in a company. You might have somebody like that. Try to find them someplace else where it'll fit. You know, don't just get rid of somebody because we all know we think we want to do things and then we go do it. And then it's like, ew. Or like me in accounting, you love it. I loved it for 30 years and then I didn't like it anymore. You're like, I'm done with this. I'm done. I got to do something else. I'm done. Do I want to go to work and be miserable every day? I don't think so. Well, and I think, you know, when you're sitting at that job, the, you know, the job, the job you went to school for, the job you thought you were going to do your whole life, you become very 
um, complacent. Well, you become wedded to it, right? Because this is what you do. This is who you are. And then when you find yourself at a place where you're like, geez, I I just either don't enjoy this or I, I don't want to do this anymore. Or sometimes I, you know, I have met people who's used to do a job that had a unique way in the industry. And now all of a sudden, you know, technology has taken that job away and they have to think about what they're going to do next. And so, you know, part of what I loved about your story is you you said, okay, I'm going to give this thing up because it's not serving me anymore. And, you know, what else could I do? Which also means I'm not serving the people I'm supposed to be serving as well either. I think that's a key element. When you are doing something that it's, it's like a speaker who goes out and speaks on a topic that's not their topic just to get a job, right? Right. They're not going to do it really well and they're not going to serve their audience very well either. So it's that same, whatever you're doing, if you're miserable there, you're not serving yourself or anyone. And by the way, that can also make you physically ill when you have that cortisol running through your body all the time. Right. The 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 bad, low-grade cortisol all day. Yeah. Absolutely. Very bad. If somebody hasn't done this, so you say to them, look at what you really enjoy and look at what you're good at and try to pick those things as the things you spend the majority of your time on. And then, you know, you talk a little bit about uh, virtual assistants. Can you talk about how you might use somebody? So let's say, because uh, I, I love this, this idea that you tap into certain people for certain things, and it's not necessarily that you're trying to hire, you know, that full-time person who's going to run around and do everything for you, but that you figure out ways to leverage small amounts of time or resources to get things done to make it easier for you. Sure. I'll give you some great examples of how I'm doing that right now. Neither of these people are on a full-time basis. I give them projects and they they do it. However they do it, I completely trust them. And I'm very fortunate, you know, to have these people. One of them uh, does RFPs for me. So proposals to speak. And I put in a lot of proposals for uh, SHRM conferences. And they come up every year. And first I had her call people and I had parameters on what that speaking engagement had to be as far as payment and reimbursement and whatever. So first she made all those phone calls to find all that out. That's something I don't want to do. Then once you're doing certain proposals, they're all the same. They all have the same information and it is just boring and time consuming. I just feel like it's a complete waste of my time, but I need to do that, right? So I have this one person and that's what she does. She keeps a calendar. She knows when they're coming up. She puts in the proposal. She does all the communication. I don't even worry about it. And I always tell her, I would have zero. So whatever you get me is fine. And it worked. (laughs) It paid off. Um, but so that's one thing because I just created a folder for her with all of her information that she needs to do that. And she does it and she keeps track of it. And I don't even pay attention. Nice. Now I have another person who I just started using this software called social jukebox, which you can build a jukebox, right? You can, let's say, build a, uh, instead of being full of records, it's full of tweets on a certain subject or whatever. I don't want to do that. 
Okay. I want someone, I want someone else to do <laughs> I that. I can understand why you don't want to yeah. do that. <laughs> I, I have social jukebox because I want that stuff to run. You know, I can, obviously I'll still be doing things that are, you know, daily and, and timely, but there are things that are evergreen, like my podcast that I want to keep getting out there all the time. Right. And so I, I don't want to build that tweet box, if you want to call it that. Not interested. I'll never get it done. There will never be a time in my day where I'll go, ooh, now I can put tweets in social jukebox. It's never right. Gonna I'm gonna happen. go work on my tweet box. Doesn't yeah, do like that that is so far it's not even on the list. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd like to get it done because I think it will help me. So we'll see, right? You don't know until it happens. So I have another person and I sat down with her and I showed her everything and I gave her the information she needed and I let her go because I want to use that and see if it works, but I can't do that until I have the information in there and being in the middle of writing a new book, doing an online course, writing scripts, videoing, getting ready for speaking and get, I, that time will never happen. Right. It might be a nice idea, but it's not going to bubble to the top if you need to drive it. Right. And here's another thing. For some of me, it's a give back. So this one person that's doing the tweet, uh, the social jukebox for me, she just lost her job. So this is a way for me to give her a job, right? Right. And it's interesting and whatever. I have another woman who I have do my transcriptions. Now, there are a lot of services out there that does transcriptions. She charges the same amount as these services, but of course, because she's really listening and not a robot, it's much better, right? It's much more correct. And she's disabled, and this is a way I can help her in her finances. So it serves me, and it serves her, and it's a beautiful thing. It sounds like a beautiful thing. It sounds like, you know, what I always refer to as like the virtuous cycle. Yeah. So again, these are all, there is no way I am going to transcribe anything I do. That is never going to happen. But I, because some of my podcasts are a part of my new book, I need that done. So I'm having someone else do it. So those are three examples of things I want to do, but I'm never going to get to those. And so you look to farm those out to the right people. Exactly. So that they're good at it and you can get it done without having to be responsible for it. Exactly. So I, I think it's self-awareness is really important in all parts of our life. And we need to really take a good look at what am I good at? What am I not good at? But it would be worthwhile for me to learn, right? I do podcasts. I have to know how the back end works, even if I don't do it. Because if something breaks or somebody's helping me and they get hit by a bus, I need to know what I'm doing. I can't, you know, I may not want to do it, but I have to understand how to do it. So I, I think that's important too. You don't want to give too much away. You know, I'm having this person work on social jukebox, but I want to know how social jukebox works. But you don't want to have to run it. <laughs> but I, yeah, not... I'm not really interested, but you right. know, sometimes I have a podcast go live and it, the link doesn't work. I know four steps I can take to check that. Usually it's an extra space in the URL. I can tell you that now, but um, you know, I, at some point 
I go to somebody else and go, help. <laughs> yeah. Where does the space go? You know, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, what, so, what, can I ask you how often or do you even go back and reassess what your priorities are? Is this a regular process that you go through as your business has evolved and changed? You know what? I figure out my priorities on a daily basis. I had a sign up for a year, so I would get this in my head. Does this decision need to be made today? Sitting at my desk on a daily basis, I say to myself, is this what you should be doing right now? Right. I'm a big proponent and what do I need to get done today? And then I can worry about the 800 other actions I need to take or want to take, but what needs, so I guess I'm looking at need, what needs to get done today? Is there something that's due today, right? Like last week, it was pay my property tax. I had like four notes for myself. Don't forget to pay. Make sure you pay your property tax. Those people don't take a joke. Because there's a big discount if you pay it early. So anyway, that needed to get done before anything else. That was the priority that day. So I needed to get that done. Believe me, there are still things that get in the way. So I pretty much prioritize all the time. As far as my career is concerned, I'd say at least once a year, very seriously, I sit down and say, what worked, what didn't work, what do I think, what do I want to sink more money in, what do I want to let go of, Uh, that's always hard, especially when you've already put energy and money into any facet of your business, I don't care what kind of business you have. Yeah, because there's a part where you have to admit something's just not working. It's not working. And so, you know, bad money after good or whatever that saying is. Good money after bad. I say it all the time. So it's like one of my favorite money sayings. Right. So you have to give things time. That's right. Right. You have to give it time to see if it works. Like this social jukebox. I want to have it all set up and I want to give it six months. And after six months, I could say, did anything change? Right. Right. That would be really hard to turn off, but you have to look, well, do I want to put this monthly amount out every month if nothing is changing? Right. So I, I, I think, yeah, I usually do it at least once a year unless something's really wonky and then I take a look at it. But usually I wait. It's like updating my website. I don't do that every time I think of a change. I do it three times a year. Okay. And then how many books have you written so far? One, two, I was just looking at that today, three, four, and there'll be another one out. I was going to say you had a long list of books, four. So you got to find time and you got to find time and focus for that. Four books takes real work. I wrote one. I'm thinking about my second one, but I got to tell you, for those of you out there that think about writing a book and how, how hard could it be? Guess what? (laughs) And actually, I think writing's the easiest part. Oh, it's the editing. <laughs> the editing is the hard part. Well, I'm very fortunate because Motivational Press has approached me to do this next book. So really, I'm writing. Nice. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's, honestly, it's why I said yes. Yeah. I, I wasn't really <laughs> going to write another book, but, you know, it's like, how could you say no? So, um yeah, I'm really excited. And it's based on my podcast. So there you go. 
virtuous circle. Yep. Perfect. Very, very good. So yeah, I just think people have to, you know, this idea of looking at yourself and getting in tune with yourself and being in the moment and knowing who you are and what you like and what you don't like. It's, uh, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. If you want to be, here's my, here's my tip for the day. If you want to be successful, you have to do the work. Let's end on that. That's a perfect saying. If you want to be successful, you have to do the work. Julianne, thank you so much for joining us today. If people wanted to, yeah, thank you. If people wanted to tap in and hear your podcast or learn more about you, how might they do that? They can go to businessesthatcarepodcast.com or they can go to julianesullivan.com. It's J-U-L-I-E-A-N-N-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N. Or you can type in Julianne Sullivan in Google and trust me, you can't not find me. (laughs) It's the perfect marketing plan. For those of you who didn't write fast enough, we'll make sure all of that is available in the show notes. And uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in today and hearing a little bit about how to think maybe bigger and more focused about what it is that you really want to have professionally and what kind of what it takes to have the kind of success that you hope for. Julianne, thanks again for joining us. And thank you, KT. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.